welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Tornado Tag Radio here on NOTLG.com, episode 195, we're going to talk about 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, we went all the way back to King of the Ring 1993 to watch the main event of that pay-per-view, Bret Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow to decide the first ever King of the Ring, we got some news, we've got some questions, and we'll get to all that and probably a little more along the way. My name is John, and joining me as she does every week is the Dennis Condry to my Bobby Eaton, Marianne. Hello. Hello, sir. What's going on? 195. My God. We're so close. We're five away. Did we ever see what episode I started on? Um, We may have, but I think you did a guest spot at one point. So, yeah, I did a couple times. I mean, I can if you uh, if you want to indulge me for a moment, I will check. Um, yeah, I filled in when Kyle was MIA. Yeah, um, let's see here. Has Kyle been keeping up with everything? Do you know? I talk to Kyle uh, at least once every two days about stuff and also the programs. I thought you were going to say stuff and also things. I was, but I did not. <laughs> if I am okay so let's see the UK tournament I'm only back I'm to 2016 Marianne is back what does that mean David okay you must have gone somewhere at this I point I was at PWG uh let's I had see to have been. 2016 was the year of the P-dubs that was like my favorite bola yeah is this it July August no Kyle came back at one point. I'm in 2006. I'm at episode 90. So it's a, it's been over 100 episodes. My God, you've put up with me for that long? Apparently so. I feel like we are we're right around. It has to be. Come on. Where is it? This is uh this is fascinating stuff. John and Marianne. I can I can hear our listeners turning everything off. John and Marianne. Man, <laughs> re- remember when we watched Lucha Underground? My God, what a trash train wreck. What a time that was. Yeah, and then I think then both of us like were honest with each other and we're like, I really don't like this. Can we not watch it anymore? I've, I found it, Marianne. Your first episode. It doesn't have... This was before we started numbering them. Oh, God. Uh, so this was pointless. Your first episode was on January 14th, 2016. Wow. Yes. 2016 it was an episode titled never say never uh do you want to know what we talked about yeah sure go for it it's gonna play it oh i'm gonna stop that playing uh after a long hiatus tornado tag radio is back john is joined by new co-host marianne as they review raw and talk about the possible new wwe signings from new japan pro wrestling Will Shinsuke Nakamura do well in WWE? Should AJ Styles skip NXT? They also talk about their favorite up, up, down, down nicknames. John talks about having a brand split. Marianne's love of Dean Ambrose. Women's wrestling. And they try to figure out what's up with the Wyatt family. Oh, my God. Remember them? Goodness gracious. Look at this. I think I've said, my God, at least five times in the past few minutes. Oh, and it took me all the way back to to current day. So uh, there you go. Uh, Marianne, how are you? 
I am good. I saw you this past weekend. You did. You saw me for about maybe 30 minutes. Yes. Um. Oh, yeah. PWG was last week. Oh, it was. I didn't Holy know. moly. Goodness gracious. We had, we had, uh, we saw some pro grabs last time before we talked. Man, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, you went and saw PWG and I went and saw GCW. <clears throat> I did. Uh, I guess brief rundown. I went to PWG's 200th show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, match of the night for sure was David Starr uh, taking on Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Gresham won via tap out, which was great. Um, yeah. I mean, it was an overall a very good show. Uh, Jeff Cobb, Bandito was a lot of fun. And the opening match was was super fun. I believe that was... It was... Um, Jungle Boy versus, oh, Jake Atlas versus Trey Miguel. And holy moly, that match was a lot of fun. People need to not sleep on Jake Atlas. Oh, no, Jake Atlas is uh, my new favorite. He's amazing. He also has excellent taste aesthetically. And also, um, Jungle Boy, so good. Yeah. Did you know that he trains all the time with David Arquette? They're like training buddies. Really? Yes. That's fun. It's because David Arquette was friends with his dad. Oh, yeah, yeah that was some sad news. That uh, I was, I, I, people in my office were talking about it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, Luke Perry. I was like, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about him. Just yeah. wonderful things. And I think there's there's like articles where they're posting pictures of him at all of the shows that he went to of Jungle Boys. And it's just him like like major level 100 proud dad moments. Yeah. And it's the cutest thing. And there's one of him at PWG. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's like up on the rafter balcony area with the Jungle Boy shirt and he's hanging it out over the edge. And it's yeah. the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I'm so fucking bummed. But yeah, anyways, speaking of not bummed, I drove down to Los Angeles. You did. To see one Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And this is a good segue into our news segment. But I am so glad that I did. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. I got to see... Um, a lot of people wrestle actually. Uh, got to see Orange Cassidy wrestle twice. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he ever wrestled Joey Ryan, which is amazing. <laughs> that has never happened before. Can't really? believe it. Yeah, it was great. Huh. I hung out with Jack the whole time and Amy from Darklight Clothing, nice. and it was it was just a riot. And then there was like the midnight show, which I was like, oh, I'm too tired, and I like took my eyelashes off. I was like, I can't, I can't deal with my. I don't <laughs> care how I look right now. But that's some crazy shit, and it was very, very fun. Um, I was obviously the only person in the building wearing an Orange Cassidy shirt. Yes. Um, the line to get shirts for him and to take pictures with him was obscenely long after his match, and I was like, good. That's, that's great. And the people who knew who he was ahead of time immediately went over to his merch table and was like, I need a shirt. Like they needed that was like the first thing on their list to do was get an Orange Cassidy shirt. And I was like, good. I was like the only I, obviously I looked just like him because I was dressed like him. Mm-hmm. So that venue should not have been it, it, in what's the word inhabitable. There you go. Well, you and I talked about this. It yeah, was just did. a dangerous venue. But that match was hilarious. But then I also got to see three death matches. 
yeah. for the first time in person. And let me tell you, I inhaled at least half a light tube worth of powdered glass. Oh, I bet. I bet. And I was standing as far away. I was standing against the wall. <laughs> like, Yikes. That was intense shit. It was intense. But yeah, going into news, uh, Joey Janela Spring Break 3 made an announcement today with a cute little graphic on Twitter. <laughs> yes, uh, we're going to get uh, Orange Cassidy taking on uh, Taka Michinoku, which is great because I was actually just watching Taka wrestle at one of the uh new japan ring of honor joint shows and i said how funny would it be if somebody put taka back in his wwf uh ring gear and apparently we're gonna get that at spring break is what it seems like so joe janela is a genius he's a genius he's he was so funny at the gcw show he was so drunk yeah and he will just go up and talk to random people and is he's just like the friendliest guy. He's hilarious. I adore him. He is just so much positive energy and greatness. But yeah, I'm really excited. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. I was like, I would travel just to see that shit. That sounds so great. Yeah, I got to figure out uh, what little streaming package I'm going to get so I can watch all this stuff. Ugh, what a week that's going to be. Uh, and what a week we had. Um a lot of sad stuff happening, not only in the world, but in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, King Kong Bundy passed away. Uh, we actually had watched one of uh, his matches that he was in, where he just squashed a bunch of dudes, and it was great. Um, I Honestly, I don't really have a lot of memories about King Kong Bundy as a kid. I do remember there was some weird thing where they thought there were two different King Kong Bundys, but it was only one. Um, how many how many times has has that plot device been used? Uh, so there were two Ultimate Warriors that people thought, and there were two King Kong Bundys. And Wasn't then, there two Undertakers, which is the most well there like, there was, but one of them was the fake one. Like that was like well, a legitimate yeah. thing. That well, that was a legitimate thing. They didn't like it. The person who has always been the Undertaker has been the Undertaker. I feel like the fake Undertaker is cooler than the actual Undertaker. He probably is. And actually, I, I at this moment in time, I can't remember who it is. I think it was primetime Brian Lee, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa needed neck surgery. He had it, I think, yesterday morning, and it was successful. Um, super sad. This dude can just not catch a break. Every time he he's just is, looks like he's going to make the next step. Uh, something happens to him, and this. What time is he it, like, Nixon Newell or something? I guess, but I mean, this time it was not his knee; it was his neck. And we are, I we'll we'll talk next week about what's going to happen with the NXT Championship. They're obviously going to have to vacate it, um, and that changes whatever plans they had for um for the takeover at on WrestleMania weekend, which sucks because. It was going to be Gargano versus Ciampa, and we were finally just going to get the end of that feud, and now we have to wait again. If you really think about it, Marianne, this feud should have been over a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's like the Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens one. But, I mean, it, it, this one, sh- I mean, they they started it, and then Ciampa got, his ne- his knee got hurt. Then they kept it going, and then- Didn't that happen gonna- with Sami Zayn, because Sami Zayn got hurt? I don't know, but that feud always, like, the Sami Zayn-Kevin uh, Owens feud is just, like, never-ending. 
They either <laughs> they either are friends for a very long time and then become enemies, or vice versa. It's a whole thing. You you one might say frenemies. One might say that yes. <laughs> uh, Jushin Thunder Liger announced that he will be retiring in the year 2020 at the Tokyo Dome uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, I've said it a couple of times. Uh, I'm bummed, but it's hard to be bummed about a guy who had a 35 year long career and is going out on his own terms. And going can still out on walk. his own terms, knowing when to retire, unlike one Undertaker, and also <laughs> has stayed consistently good, unlike one Undertaker. Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm ve- I'm very happy that I have gotten to see him wrestle live many times and had a brief interaction with him at Bola, which was great. Uh, AJ Styles hasn't re-signed with the WWE, and people are starting to freak out. And by people, I mean nobody really. Um, (laughs) His contract's up in April, so we'll see what his AEW t-shirt looks like in probably June. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Um... I'm honestly how, how like indifferent and like I'm relatively s- jaded are you over this? I'm so sick of hearing about AEW. <laughs> it's honestly and it's funny because I have tickets to double or nothing. Like I'm excited for AEW, but at the same time it's just so tiring. Like this next one, Gallows and Anderson are leaving after their contract is up. I wonder will AEW that's where they're going. They've signed seventy contracts to go to AEW. Everyone's going to AEW. It's just no, they're not. And also, can we just? Well, Dustin is there, so it's, to me, that's everybody. There you go. And can we also stop this tired narrative of WWE's frightened of a T-shirt company? Can we just stop this narrative? It's it's actually just a piss poor way to go about your day. Honestly, it's so goddamn annoying. Like WWE is the biggest company on earth, and AEW has run a show and has a bunch of t-shirts. So I think everybody should calm the fuck down. Uh, Vince McMahon is not scared of AEW. For one thing, he's had way too many roids. Yeah, he would he would fist fight them all. I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine? My God. And that's another tally for that. Ugh. Anyway, there's my little rant for the day. Um, oh, also, Trevor Lee uh, debuted at an NXT uh, live event tonight, so Ugh. good for him. No? What? No, I just I just like to have that reaction about Trevor Lee. Oh, all right. I'm sure he was gross and shirtless and, you know, generally Trevor lee He took a picture of the fan and he was wearing a shirt. What? Yeah, it's online. Do you think that was like, we'll sign you, but you have to wear a shirt and you can't wear tiny shorts anymore? Like, in Oh, no, public? he was wearing... Oh, well, I don't know... If he was wearing tiny shorts, but he, he wears short shorts all the time with a fanny pack and like a tank top if he has to wear a shirt, but it has like huge armholes cut in it all the time. Uh, That's just like his outfit of choice. Amazing. <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh, what was the other thing I. He also still thinks my name's Meredith. Meredith. <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> um, where is this? Hold on. I got to find this. Uh, ROH announced a match that they were having at their their supercard, and I was like, holy shit, that sounds amazing. It was Bandito versus... <sighs> Bandito versus... 
Dragon Lee versus it was a triple threat match, and now I can't remember who the third. Per- oh, versus Taiji Ishimori. That match is going to be fucking crazy, and I'm excited for it. So there you go. I just imagine just throwing a bunch of super balls in a ring and watching them bounce all over the place. That could be what that match would represent. Let's uh, let's talk about two hundred five live. Let's talk about let's talk about the state of these crowd shots. Where they told the crowd, please act like you're excited. And they went, yeah, maybe. Uh, (laughs) And they really didn't. But let's talk about something we are both excited about. And that is the the opening contest in the the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship. You get a match at WrestleMania. It's a whole big thing. Uh, We had Umberto Carrillo taking on uh, the one and only Oni Lorcan. My sweet Biffykins. Sweet Biffykins. <laughs> yes. So excited. And they, they did like a little interview thing at the beginning with the sweet Biffykins. And I was like, man, he's such a Biff cake. They even like hyped him up in like a video. It's yeah, crazy. And he got a legit video. And then Umberto had like a selfie interview and he wasn't wearing a bolo tie. And he totally looked like he should have been wearing a bolo tie. And I was disappointed. Do you think Umberto owns a bolo tie? Oh, 100%. Do you think he also owns cowboy hats? You have to own, I don't know, right? but you could totally have a bolo tie without that. Oh, okay. There you go. I think that Dustin Dustin does own a bolo tie. My God. Because he's a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> This match is a little botchy at the beginning, but whatever. Yeah, for sure. It was fine. You know, two guys that haven't worked together a lot that I know of, so whatever. Um, how great were those Umberto shirts? Can we please just... vote for Umberto? Oh my God. Those were fucking amazing. The proud dads, my two dads. Um, uh, I mean, we get the basic storyline here of, uh, Lorcan trying to keep Umberto out of the air. Um, I love that stalling arm drag that, uh, Umberto does. It is very pretty. It looks so good. Okay. So my thing was rewatch. If you you won't, um, the, won't the baseball slide that Biff does to the outside, right where Umberto like dives over the top rope to avoid it, and right as he's diving over the top rope, someone in the crowd makes a noise, but it honestly sounds like a cat going Meow! like right <laughs> as he dives. So it's, oh like, it looks like he's making that noise as he goes over the top rope, and all I'm thinking of is just just Catman. Like jumping over the top. I rewound it like three times. It was so funny. I thought I imagined it the first time. Oh my god. Um it was hilarious. Uh Fisherman suplex on the trademark hardest part of the ring from Yeesh, Biff. Biff. Yeah, he fucked him up. Real Murder bad. is illegal, you know, man. Um Biff uh decided to slap that little face. He's just slapping he, it. Yeah, he did did that thing that I said that he should do. Um, and when he makes that goblin noise, shit's about to get real. Yeah, but then he got stopped with a super kick, which was crazy. Yeah, but the goblin noise, is, that's, that is a bad sign. It is a bad sign. And it was a bad sign for Humberto, who ultimately lost after getting hit with a half-and-half half suplex, which was surprising. Biff's moving really? on. Yeah, Biff's not like he's not a two hundred five live superstar. So I thought that was kind Biff of Biff is a superstar of my heart. He is my Biff cake. Well, I mean that's fine, but uh, yeah. So he won, and I'm fine with it. I think that's going to be cool going forward. 
I think he tweeted something and Chuck Taylor responded and called him Biff <laughs> in it. And my response to that was, remember that time you told me that nobody still calls you Biff and then you're a fucking liar? <laughs> wow. And he was like, hey, man. <laughs> God damn. Because he straight up was like, nobody calls me that. And I'm like, I call you that. And I know a, more than a handful of people that also call you that. And will never call you anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, the Canellises are mad at Uncle Drake, and they are mad because while Drake said that he would have a match this week, he never said it would be w- within the tournament, um, and they are very upset about it. Somebody needs to put Maria in her place, who, please. Who could it be? Her logic is so flawed, she's delusional. Oh, and I she agree. just says all these things and nobody ever tells her what is so obvious. Like, I never said that. How about your husband fucking win a match? I don't care how long his career is. Yeah. I hear you. Like, hear you. Uh, seriously. Next up, a, a match I was excited to see. It was uh, going to be Mike Canellis versus Colby Carino, which is uh, interesting, to say the least. Steve Carino's uh, young lad. <laughs> Talk about young lad. But uh, it was not meant to be as Mike Kanellis just beat the shit out of him and the match never started. That was <sighs> ridiculous. I was like, what are they trying to prove? I don't know. You didn't fucking win the match. Yeah. Like, you could just beat somebody up. That's fine. But that's not fucking winning a match. I hate how they're, they're boasting, like, his career is, like, 16 years. And I was like, yeah, I have 28 years experience of being alive. You don't <laughs> see me boasting about that shit. Wow. God. My God. Um, we need to stop having Tony Nice cut interviews. That's all that's all I have to say about that. Uh Cedric Alexander says some things and then we get to our uh, our main event. We also fast forward through those Cedric Alexander moments as well. He said but Tony Nice is Yeah. Mm, no. Ugh. Um so main event, Cedric Alexander versus Akira Tozawa, and I was actually watching this in the living room because uh Oh, yeah, I don't have a job right now. I guess that was the other thing we didn't really state at the beginning of this. Anyway, it's fine, everyone. Uh, My roommate said, uh, it's blowing my mind. It sounds like Kermit the Frog is narrating, and he was referring to... Was it Connor? It was Connor. Does Connor have a job yet? Yes, he does. Okay, I was going to say, because Connor used to be you. Yes, he did. Um... And he, uh, yeah, that was his commentary. He also watched most of this match with me, and he uh, enjoyed all the high spots. So that was cool. Um, but yes, he was referring to uh, Aiden English. So fair, you know, completely uh, fair. Um, man, Akira Tozawa's got some crazy suicide dives, and I think they're some of the best in the biz. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, he, like, clocked him out of the air. Yeah, it was crazy. Cedric did, and then, like, turned around and bonked his head on the corner of the announcer table. Oh, yes, that's right. Like a clumsy toddler. Yes, it was Cedric who did the suicide dive, not the other way around. No, no, no. It was Tozawa. Oh, okay. And And then Tozawa did the suicide dive, and then as he was diving onto Cedric, Cedric, like, clocked him, and then in the process of doing that, turned around and was like, oh, corner of the table, bonk. Yeah, um, the crowd really got into this one. We got a we got a couple of two hundred five live chants, which was cool. Yeah, um, I'm loving these front kicks that I believe 
Tozawa. Tozawa was doing. He's man, he's just fucking nailing those things. But how great was the visual of his mouth guard getting knocked out of his mouth? That yes. was good stuff. Out of that uh back elbow. That was that was some good stuff. And then we had a DDT counter that you enjoyed. I loved it. A reverse Rana, which was done. I thought that was a perfectly timed and uh, just thought out reverse Rana. Not just yeah. like, I'm going to do a reverse Rana now. Like Cough, he... Mark Andrews. <laughs> uh, we got the stalling German. I loved the end as well. Uh, yanking him off the top rope to do the lumbar check. I honestly thought... And, I, man, you would have to do some crazy timing for this to work. I thought he was going to, like, be in midair trying to do the senton. And um, Cedric would get up and hit him with the lumbar check on the way down. I thought that would That's some timing cool. you could, like, that's some Randy Orton timing. I'm sure they could figure it out. I was waiting for that. But this ending was pretty cool, too. Like, he yanked him off the top rope and hit him with it. I liked it. Cedric moves on. And uh, we move on to NXT. What'd you think of all these uh, D- Dusty Road Tag Team Classic promos? All the all the lads talking about how they're gonna punch the other lads in the face. I didn't watch that. What? It's fine. I Although didn't, I, I didn't should really have, know. because did Marcel Bartel talk? I don't think he did. I feel like oh, I, but Ochner I'm not did. gonna go back and watch it. Uh, Morrow lets us know that this is gonna be all tag teams all the time tonight, which is great. I thought this was a super solid show. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because tag teams are my favorite. Oh, I fucking loved every match that we got to see here. Um, But our first match we had was uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black taking on Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner. My first (sighs) note is... Yes? You need to press the button right now because Marcel Barthel looked so fucking good. You just made the list! Oh, press the goddamn button. Also, their music is pretty great. Yeah, their music is great. It's very good. I love their music. So I good. just love the two of them. They're a perfect pairing. I don't know who came up with that, but they're, they're just so oh, yeah. like evenly matched. It's so, it's so strange because, I mean, we'll talk about their NXT UK match, and obviously that was a different kind of match, but their style seemed, at least uh, Eichner's style seemed a lot different in this match. He's adaptable. Yeah, it's it's great. I love He's it. He's incredible. But oh, I think yeah. we've been we've been talking about him for a while. Yes, we have. Yeah, I, I think I make a note about it later. But like, it was over five minutes in, and the European Union is just clearly the better tag team. Yeah, which is a shame considering the ending of this match. Yeah, but... there's there's a lot of weird uh, things going on in this tournament because they worked like a tag team. Because shocker, they are a tag team, and yeah, Ricochet and Alistair, Alistair Black are singles wrestlers. Yeah, and and they don't even they don't even they're not even cohesive. No, I mean I think what they they said on commentary is it's very reminiscent of the inaugural winners who was uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Like Which they were, makes no sense. I know, but they, you know, they weren't a team either, and then they, you know, persevered yeah. or something. Which I kind of was like resentful about that. I was like, it should go to a legitimate tag team. I agree, and uh, the spoilers show us that it it might go to a legitimate tag team. Um, but that'd be anyway, great. Anyway, um, Morrow goes and calls. Uh, he was like, <laughs> I almost called. It, I almost quoted this as if he called him Trevor. Um, <laughs> Ricochet is just so innovative. And I was like, he's not innovative. He's just flippy. 
flippy innovation. He isn't innovative. He's just flippy. That's like literally it. But flip innovation. They just are. The European Union is just so much better as a team. I can't believe it. And just obviously, they got suicide dive from Marcel. Hell yeah, man! That shit was crazy. And then the double springboard moonsault from Eichner, which is just like fucking. I hell. love when he brings that out. It's just like, oh shit, yeah, he can do that too. It's fucking. Oh great. yeah, I forgot he was a cruiserweight. Yeah, like. He's just so good. Like I feel like we we have been saying this from the beginning, and people still aren't talking about Eichner as much as they should be. I agree. He's so good, and he's nice to look at too. But he's no Marcel Barcel. Um, Marcel shouting at Ricochet Man in German was, let me just say, my aesthetic. <laughs> I couldn't tell what he said. Dominic helped me out, but it was hot as fuck. Shout out to Dominic. I would let him tell me what to do and yell at me. I love Marcel Bordel. He's so amazing. My goodness. One more time. Springboard double knees, though. One more time with feeling. You just made the list! Yeah, the springboard double knee. That was, um... That was cool. I haven't seen... I, I mean, I'm sure I've seen Alistair do that before, but that was a they nice little move. More. It was great. I was like, oh, that's just, you know, a cool little effective move. Um, yeah. And I just have a note that just says, this match is nuts. And then out of nowhere... Uh, Black Mass is hit, and uh, Ricochet and that Alistair Black get the one, two, three, and move on in the tournament. Let, let me just say that combo that Eichner did right before being hit with the Black Mass was awesome. Oh, yeah, that was great, too. It makes me really want to see the two of them face off one-on-one one, one one because their oh, styles be mix so well. That would be so great. It would be incredible. Uh, I would love to see that. We had highlights of... Keith Lee training at the Performance Center, and then uh, old with Bulak. Do- with Bulak, yes, and old Donnie Dijakovic, Dijakovic, excuse me, comes out. And how funny was it that someone just kept calling him Dijak the entire time? What's well, legitimately his last name? Well, I know, but it was also just very funny because no <laughs> one, no one's keeping. And it's funny face. how deep he made his voice. Yeah, it, because it isn't really that deep in real life. <laughs> You're not fooling me, Donovan. So in two weeks, I think actually his name's Chris, which is hilarious because that's there's so many Chris's in NXT. There's like 400. Uh, so next <laughs> next week, uh, or I'm sorry, in two weeks, we're going to have Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic, the rematch. And let's see if we can uh, get a victor this time, huh? Yeah. Uh, we had the Forgotten Sons taking on Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. In a first round match here, um, did you see that bump that Wesley Blake decided to take into the ropes? It was stupid. It was. I was like, "Holy shit, what is happening right here?" Um, this match was fine. It picked up towards the end, as most NXT matches do. Um, I really like the Forgotten Sons tandem offense. The the missile drop kick flatliner thing was pretty cool. The buckle bomb to the knees was was also very cool. They worked over Lorkin's back pretty much the entire match. My poor Biffy. Um, and that was the first time that the Forgotten Sons finish looked uh, legit as well. Um, so the Forgotten Sons move on. I thought the match was fine. I also think uh, Oni and Danny should call their finish uh, the one-two salute or something like that. 
Yeah, he hasn't. Re- he hasn't. Um, I just talked to him the other day, but he hasn't um, responded with what the name of it is. Probably because he still doesn't have an answer. Probably. Uh, I mean, the crowd always chants one, two at them because one of them holds one finger up and one of them holds two fingers up. So I think the one, two salute is uh, is a fine Cute. name or some or, you know, one, two something. I don't know. One, two, F, U. Yeah, that rhymes. Yeah. Anyway, um, Velveteen Dream. The new North American champion comes out. Holding that belt like a clutch. Yeah. Like an evening clutch to match his pearl earrings and pearl necklace. I get it. I get it. Uh, He comes out and he is uh, promptly interrupted by uh, the king of bros or the original bro, as he is now called, uh, Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle wants to look at that belt. Oh, my God. This segment was so good. It was fun. Good he stuff. held it up to him, and he's like, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you've seen good. it. So, I mean, uh, that's where we're going right now. But, I mean, who knows what ho- the future holds for uh, the NXT championship. And Matt Riddle might just get a big old bump up to that. We'll see. He is so funny. Yeah, they got to rework. They're both great. They got to rework the entire NXT TakeOver Brooklyn card. They they have a good they have a good card though. I mean they do, but they got to change it. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not like they're like need any more people though. They have enough people. They just have to fuck around with it a bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it uh, could be worse. Very true. It could it could always be worse. We had uh, Eo and Kyrie talking that trash about Bianca Belair. Men go say nah. And we. I just said men because nah, which just means troublesome. <laughs> troublesome. That's a men because a lot of a lot of words for troublesome. Where uh, what happened here? Here we go. Uh so next week <laughs> next week we're gonna get uh Eo versus Bianca. Uh so that should be a fun match. Next up we had the Street Profits versus Mustache Mountain. Man, I am hyped. To see Angelo Dawkins, God bless, Naito bless the Street Profits. Um, this match Rewind was Rewind back about a hundred episodes and you would never imagine John ever I know. saying that that's why. I, that's why I'm just like, what is happening? Um, this, match was, this match was fine. I mean... I love the way they came into the ring. Just the yes. dance moves down the ramp. I'm just like, oh my God, I just want them to just have like a secret sideshow with the Usos. I also loved the ski mask uh, crown combo. I thought that was fun. I thought that was different, and it was fun. Uh, Montez yeah. looked amazing in this match. Um, I, I can't. Somebody launched him over the top rope at one point. One of those those big strong boys just threw him over the top rope, and he just came back in and launched himself over the top rope. Um, he is aerodynamic. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A huge spine buster from Angelo Dawkins and an even bigger frog splash from Montez is just fly. It's crazy the height he gets on things. Yeah. Um, and man, Mustache Mountain hit their finish on on Angelo and it looked sloppy as fuck. And I'm glad Angelo Dawkins isn't dead because holy shit, it looked real bad. No. Yeah. Mustache Mountain. They are the winners. Ugh. 
Uh, up next. Kind of bummed about that because you know how I am about Mustache Mountain. Right. I mean, it would have been nice to for the uh, the Street Profits to get out of the first round, but yeah, because they're like so over. And also, the only mustache I want to climb is the one that Simon Gotch used to have. So you just made the list. Uh, next up, <laughs> we had Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano taking on the team of Bobby Fish. You just made the list! And Kyle O'Reilly. So uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano come out separately. Ciampa stops Johnny on the ramp and says, wait for it. And then we get the old DIY music, and I got the chills, y'all. It was good shit. I was just waiting for Bobby Fish. And also, yeah, speaking of Bobby Fish, thank, thank fuck that Red Dragon is back together. Good Lord. This is a this is the tag team it should have been the entire time, but I mean, unfortunately, somebody got the knee hurt. One Bobby, of them, one of them knee injuries. One of them fancy knee injuries people keep getting. Um, John Boy Gargano was getting the uh, uh, the holy hell beat out of him for most of this match. I'm jealous. I want Bobby Fish to beat me up. Well, I mean, there's no kink shaming here. You just made the list. <laughs> Um, and we got the hot tag to Thomas Entertainment, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I loved when Kyle O'Reilly went for the sweeping kick and Ciampa jumped it and just kneed him, him in the back of the head. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so great. I was like, are we allowed to say that this is great? Because I miss Red Dragon. Oh no! I love especially lo- as Dalton Castle's boys. Yes, especially. But as those Dalton two Castle. together, we are not grouping them in with undisputed boring. Oh no, they are Red Dragon, and they are great. Oh, I, I absolutely, so good. absolutely love Red Dragon. So great. Remember that time Heath Slater called himself Red Dragon, and everyone no. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do recall that. Uh, slingshot DDT reversed into the guillotine choke. That was great. Um. Champa hit this lift up knee at one point. Holy shit. And then, oh, uh, you know, just, you know, my favorite move of all time. But in super form, we got a super Falcon arrow, I think, from Bobby Fish onto Champa, I think. Um, and then, uh, end of the match, we meet in the middle, and uh, the newly reformed DIY get the win. I still prefer John Boy and Dust Boy as a team. Oh, man. Fist was so great. I would love to go back and revisit some of those matches. Did I Did I tell you? I had tweeted back when uh, Johnny Gargano was first, like, in, like, the tag team. Um, like, when he first started teaming with Tommaso Ciampa, I had <laughs> tweeted him, and I was like, yo, man, this is this is still my favorite tag team and it was just a gif of them when they both shoulder bump somebody and then they do the little shimmy in the ring and it's the funniest thing yes yeah the little dance. <laughs> and, he, and he liked it and i was like thank god <laughs> don't forget where you came from john boy oh man i know dustin harasses you online but don't forget where you came from uh war raiders come out for the stare down and we go off the air and uh let's talk about nxt uk uh, the first match had Joseph Connors, so we didn't watch it. Imagine disliking a dude because his name sucks. Yeah, I'm sure he's a fine wrestler, but I just don't get it. Um, also, thank goodness, because I got to skip forward basically like 15 minutes. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Tony Storm said some things, and then uh, as she left, uh, great camera work here. We pulled focus onto Ginny, who was two feet behind her. But nevertheless, it looked pretty cool. 
Uh, looks like the boar and the primate are going to form a tag team called The Hunt. Uh, I prefer Flash Morgan Webster and the boar as a tag team, but we will see. Uh, <laughs> Gallus says some things. Walter says no things. And then we uh, we have uh, Fabian. He doesn't have a very threatening sounding voice. No, he does not. Uh, we have Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel taking on Hands and Pocket Boys or uh, the Knife Pervert Fan Club, as I like to call them. Sam Stoker and Lewis Howley. Who's an actual model, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it shows. Good job, dude. I was like, they look like, this is a joke for, I don't know who would get this, but they look like that early 2000s Disney hottie named Eric Von Detten. He was in Brink. Nope. Don't know. Sorry. Oh my god! Sorry. And he was he was in uh, the Princess Diaries. He was the the douchebag guy named Josh in the Princess Diaries. He was like early two thousands, like total hunk, right, right, Disney hunk. And they both looked like him. <laughs> Imagine. Um, um, I just call this a certified hot bod handsome face match. There you go. That's fine. That's a good title for the match. Um, I really don't have any notes. Just Eichner's strong as hell. That's all I have. Uh, even the goddamn noises that Marcel Bartel makes are German and it's adorable. <laughs> he just makes angry German noises and it's the cutest thing. Um, that two-way baseball slide from Eigner and Bartel was slick as fuck. Oh yeah, that was good stuff. When they like like went like 90 degree angle on him, I was like, damn. Yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, he Eigner is strong as hell. And he doesn't, he doesn't show, he makes it look relatively effortless too, which is insane. Yes, I agree. Um, very effortless. Let's talk about Charlie Morgan versus Nina Samuels. That crowd did not give a shit at all, and neither did I. Um, I thought it was a fine match. Uh, Nina Samuels uh, with the Mr. Perfect style neck whip. That was great. And then it got a call out on commentary after that. Uh, I thought both looked fine. Um, I did like Nina Samuels' use of the Yushiguroshi as her finish. Um, it looked pretty cool, and uh, you know we'll see. I don't. I, I'm not too familiar with with either, but uh, I'm uh, willing to give it a try. I enjoy. Was Charlie Morgan wearing a baseball jersey? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why not? Baseball jerseys are cool. Naito wears a baseball jersey. Los Angeles wears, wears a baseball jersey. Baseball is like huge in Japan. Nobody gives a shit about baseball in England. That is a false statement. Mm. That's a false statement. People do mm. enjoy baseball it world round. Mm. World But round. is it soccer? Who? No, it's soccer not. explains the world. Well, all right. Um Pete Dunn in high def and he's saying Yeah, some that stuff. was like real sharp camera work. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he says some stuff. I don't know. I, I just want him to finish every sentence with, because I'm a dad now. Because I'm a dad now. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love that. Uh, double... That becomes his new gimmick. <laughs> That'd be great. Double J is here, and he is going to watch the main event, which is a Falls Count Anywhere match between Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin. It was funny because he was there and everyone was confused about it. <laughs> yes, everyone was uh, not sure why he was there, but he was there to watch some sweet, sweet programs. He doesn't need a reason. No, he does not. Uh, this match was fucking crazy and a lot of fun. Um, I, 
you have a note here that says you hate how much you dig Devlin's graphics. Uh, his theme, I love his graphics. His theme song is uh, is great as well. I love it. I was just so excited because my Travi boy got on him his silver glitter boots, which I love. Yeah, and but Devlin's graphics remind me they're very um, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter like tea stained parchment, but also in my favorite <laughs> color scheme. There you go. And I was like, God damn it! Um, Why you gotta ruin this shit for me in your jarhead? The uh, the stage dive from Travis Banks was crazy, and uh, props to Devlin for catching him properly. Yeah, I know, right? He caught him. I was gonna nicely. call them Lonely Island enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realized that Britain's also an island, so it would render that entire joke useless. Well, never mind. Sounds like New Zealand's an island, and so it's Ireland. But wait, they're called the British Isles for a reason. Well, uh, <laughs> the Your Head's Too Big for You chant was amazing. Literally the funniest thing I've ever heard a crowd chant. Oh, and then... Um, Honestly. I think... Uh, Devlin got Banks in a rest hold, and he said, there's only one ace in WWE, and I'm telling you, it's not Ricochet, which is just, uh, I mean, you know, shade. Shade. Um, The sheer size of his head is still eclipsing my ability to like him for how funny he is. <laughs> he is hilarious online. Oh, he's great. Is that shallow? Yeah, I yes. think so. Yeah. <laughs> but... uh, we got the dreaded ref bump. And then we got a headbutt, and then we got a crazy moonsault. I'm not surprised that he does good moonsaults. Have you ever flipped something that's top heavy? (laughs) It twirls itself. Like his massive head probably worked to his advantage. There you go. (laughs) Like if you flip a water bottle that's half full, yes, and it just finishes the turn by itself. Oh, that's it. You need to. uh, Yeah, that's that's a that's a tweet right there. But, yeah, but I don't even know how to word that in a way that's a funny joke. Uh, man, I don't know. Oh, well, work work on it. Workshop it. You'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> we had a superplex that was turned into a Kiwi Crusher, which uh, we did not get a winner during that. But we did get a Spanish fly off the apron through a table. And Jordan Devlin uh, defeats Travis Banks in your main event. Real, real disappointing there. I mean, it was a good match. I thought I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, but I just want my my I want Travis to have nice things. I know. He'll have nice things. It's fine. I'm sitting here looking sadly at my Travis Banks shirt, which is like I don't even bother hanging it up anymore because I wear it so often. <laughs> I don't know why. You know what's funny is when I bought it, he had the shirt in like three different colors, and I was like, I don't know what color I want to get. I want one, but I own so many of this color. And he's like, I think he would look really good in blue. And so I got it, and I literally love this shirt. Like, he wasn't wrong. No, he was not wrong. Good. I love... He's so great. Good call on the blue shirt. Uh, Let's move on and go back to King of the Ring 1993. Uh, It is the main event of this program. It is Bret Hart taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, we have no reason to be watching this match besides I said, I want to watch a Bam Bam Bigelow match. And I said, go for it. Um, so our commentary team for this match is uh, Jim Ross, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. More on them later. Uh, Good God. This is a, was the one-night tournament, so we started off with um, Bret Hart had to defeat 
both Razor Ramon and Mr. Perfect. Uh, Mr. Perfect defeated uh, Mr. Hughes. Look at that, the Misters. I was going to say Mr. King of the Ring. Uh, he he uh, defeated him by DQ after uh, Mr. Hughes hit him with the Undertaker urn. I think they were in a feud at the time. I really don't remember. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And then um, Lex Luger and Tatanka went to a time limit draw. So Bam Bam Bigelow got a bye to the finals. So... You have Bret Hart, who had to wrestle two matches, Bigelow, who wrestled one match, um, and in, I think, the perfect match, Bret Hart hurt his back, so that was why it was a big um, vocal no, point of No, Bigelow this match. hurt his back because he threw him into the ring post really hard. He had been hurt, like, everything else had been hurt previous to oh, that, and yes, then Bigelow right. fucked up his back. Yeah, and then he just started working on the back the rest of the... Yeah. Um, he was working on his back pretty much the entire match, but also, yes, he was he was working uh, uh, over every other body part. And I think the match, one of the first big spots of the match is Bigelow just tossing Bret Hart over the top rope, and I don't even think Bret Hart braced himself at all. He just... Was like, he just well, went over the top. I yeah. was like, man, I don't big like Bigelow is dressed like a Hot Wheels car, but more like a Hot Wheels dump truck. Hell yeah, because that's how he functions. Did you uh, you know Chalkline right? The jackets. Uh, I'm looking at one right now in my room. Oh, you have one? Yes. Which one do you have? Mojo. Oh, Raleigh. the Mojo one. Um, they have, and I really want to get it. How dare you forget that masterpiece? Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they have a Bigelow one, but it is just, it's all black and it has his like the flame design going up the, the side of the arms. In primary colors? Yes. And I'm like, I have to have that. So we'll see. Maybe when I get a job. I love how the might. flame design is basically opposite of how fire actually looks. Yes. Hey, <laughs> inverted fire. It's great. Um, You have a quote here. Oh, somebody said Brett may not have a back right now, but he's got a heart, a heart that's bigger than he is. And I went, whoa, whoa, you can die from that. It's called an enlarged heart. <laughs> that's what killed Divine the Drag Queen. Yikes. Um, I think that's, um, I think Jim Ross said that. Um, also, every single one of these back body drops looks like a million fucking bucks. Yeah, it's a move I like to call, oh shit, this was way heavier than I thought. I need to dramatically and quickly drop it now before I hurt myself. Because <laughs> um, yeah. that's the way, that's how it looks best. <laughs> yeah. Um, how great was when Bam Bam sent, or no, when Bam Bam was sent into the railing and there's like this just four-year-old girl just like sitting there and nobody moved her or anything. And I'm like, that four-year-old girl is dead, but she's fine. She didn't even... Well, really it's also hit. her fault for being that close. Yeah. Um, just blame the children. And there was a lot of little kids, like, oh, real yeah. close. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Uh, the match before this was Hogan versus... Or two matches before this was Hogan versus Yokozuna. And I watched the end of that because I remember um, the nefarious way in which Yokozuna beat Hulk Hogan. And they showed a bunch of little kids in the crowd. And they... Uh, they had glossy eyes. They were very sad. Hulkamania had died at that point, but not really. <laughs> anyway. Um, Bret Hart gets some uh, momentum mid match. 
Uh, but he gets caught in the air and gets sent into that ring post, as we said. Uh, not the fastest paced of matches, uh, but uh, it told a very, uh, very good story for me. It wasn't an easy one for me to watch um, because I'm constantly on the verge of having a nap, which is what I very came true. out of prior to recording this podcast. It is, yes. But I made it through. I trekked it through. I was working through a food coma. Uh, at one point, Luna Vashon comes out with a chair and hits Brett in the back, uh, thus causing more discomfort in... And then she, like, ran away like a witch. It was great. I love that. Um, and then he got he hit him with his big old headbutt, and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow has won this match. The three count has happened, but uh, Earl Hebner comes out, and he says, no, Luna Really Vachon, emphatically. Yes. Luna, Luna Vashon hit him with a chair. We can't do this. How great was when um, Fink said the referee has reversed the decision and both referees lose their fucking minds. Like, you have one job, how could you get it wrong? Oh, man. And he's like, I stand corrected. (laughs) It was great. I've got to keep my head on. Yeah. It's weird, though, that a ref came out and was like, no, this can't happen because she came out and did this. That literally happens all the fucking time. In wrestling and nobody ever says anything when everyone saw it happen yeah it happens few and far between now i mean i don't think it really happened that often uh where another referee would be like no that's not what happened you know just for like bigger matches they would do it I yeah i was like that happens so often and yeah. it affects the way people win is by fucking cheating like that yeah uh match will continue uh commentary is really h- hyping up how uh heart the entire match just really driving home that he's got a lot of fight in him and no quit um i love savage savage has a massive crush on him savage it must be in his blood and i love it like that i love tina going like well his dad was a quitter i know that just always taking shots at Stu, poor Stu hart like he's fucking ever done anything that he but well Anyway, it was really funny. Um, he was like, "Hey, man, that's uncalled for." But the way he said "blood, blood, blood," maybe it's his blood. <laughs> um, yeah, this match was a lot of fun. We it basic. Oh, I love when Bret Hart bites Bigelow. He just bites him. Yes. And um, we got the victory roll finish, and Bret Hart uh, is your first king of the ring. And uh, we have the coronation, and uh, it is interrupted. By one Jerry the King Lawler, and my God, Bret Hart called him Burger King. That name's going to stick with me forever now. <laughs> um, and that started the Lawler Hart feud, which went on for a very long time, um, and was actually pretty fun. But yeah, I um, hate Jerry Lawler. Yeah, we all do. But <laughs> um, <laughs> this match was fun. I liked it. Um, not your cup of tea. Did you like it, Marianne? Tell me you liked it. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Fair enough. That's good. That's, yeah, that's good enough. I love Bam Bam Bigelow, though. That is oh, that I is somebody who's really entertaining consistently every time I've um, seen him. Yeah, based on what you've introduced me to, like really consistent. We'll watch some of his ECW stuff too, and then maybe if I can find a good WCW match, we'll watch that. It, later I on. think what did it though is the fact that he went into that match basically full strength. Yes. And Bret Hart didn't. Oh, yeah. And so it was, it was kind of like really one-sided for a while. Yes, absolutely. Excuse me. Why am I yawning? I napped. 
Yeah, why? I don't know. So next week, uh, in honor of Jushin Thunder Liger announcing his retirement, we are going to watch uh, two of my favorite wrestlers battle it out in the semifinals of the War Super J Cup tournament. Uh, this match is from December 13th, 1995. I was five. <laughs> I was uh, 12. Yeah, I was 12. Uh, it is Jushin Thunder Liger versus Ultimo Dragon. Um I'm very excited to watch this match. I I saw a little gif of a different match they had. I think it was might have been earlier in their careers, but uh, I'm excited to watch this mainly because it was in good quality and it was the full match and it's on YouTube. So that's good. Man, we got some questions. We have a lot of questions, but I don't know if I'm going to use them all this week because right now we are at... We're over it. We're about an hour in to the podcast. Really? Is that long? Yeah. Oh. I know. My, how time flies when you're talking about professional wrestling. You sound like you almost butchered professional. Professional wrestling. (laughs) All right. uh, Mike asks, which, I mean, I already know yours, but let's just go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask, are we clarifying indie or WWE? It's wrestling moment, so in all of wrestling. Which wrestling moment made you cry the hardest, Marianne? Do I need to answer this? I mean, sure, just for the sake of... I cried and cried and cried and cried on camera when Chuck Taylor won the PWG (laughs) championship. I collapsed and cried but if we're gonna go wwe i did scream and run around the house quite a lot and i think i yeah i did cry when dean ambrose won the title mm-hmm. but the chuck taylor one i'm i'm known for that i'm crying chuck taylor girl which i did get recognized for that when i was in new orleans it's it's strange that your uh twitter handle is not pwg chuck taylor crying girl because that's too many characters. Much like all of the WWE super fans who changed their name to uh, describe what they are uh, had five minutes of fame for. Yeah, I it's I was sad, like really. hoping that that wouldn't be because I was I'm gen I was genuine. It was a really serious moment for me. I had people come up to me. They were like, "This is why I love wrestling for the purest reactions, like the one you had." That yeah. and just Trent going, "Man, I heard you cried." <laughs> even though he saw me crying when he came out but he was like i may have dropped a baby tear or two in the back (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) um let's which wrestling moment made me cry the hardest Um, oh when the undertaker lost (laughs) i didn't cry i you could have had tears of joy (laughs) because an old man finally got beat anyway um (laughs) um Man, let me let me see here. I feel like it's always it's not like a sad it's a, it's always a sad crying for me. Um uh well, Eddie Guerrero for sure. Uh I was very sad about that. Um and then any tribute they did to him always got me. Um who else? Oh, Dusty Rhodes. That one was hard too. That one was really really hard for me. Um, yeah, so Mike, your answer is uh, whenever old wrestlers die <laughs> is basically what or it res- is. whenever wrestlers or have- die like unexpectedly, yeah, which happens way more often than it should. It but does, it mine really were is. happy tears. There you go. Um, 
Let's see here. Uh, Holland asks, uh, how long is Batista's angle going to be, in your opinion? Uh, how long do you think it should last? So I don't know if we covered this, but Batista's back, and he beat up Ric Flair, and it looks like it's going to be Batista Triple H at WrestleMania. Uh, I guess I would pose the question to you, Marianne. Would you like to see him wrestle past that match, or would you like to just see it one and done? Thanks for coming for WrestleMania. I don't know. I really like Batista a lot. Yeah. So I would like to see him around for like a little bit longer, not like a, in a long run kind of way, but more than just a one and done. Because that, those ones like that, they they never they're never very exciting for me. Yeah. At least because it's just like, oh, this is going to happen once, and then it was just like a stupid like, why do we get the hype up if this is just going to be like, you know, like yeah, it like. And what are you proving beating up Ric Flair? He's like a hundred. Yeah, true. It's just so to get, I, I don't to know. Triple I really H. like Batista. And I think like having somebody like him, like in just a little bit to kind of nudge people uh-huh. almost would be helpful. If okay. that makes sense no, to kind yeah, of, cause right now they've hit kind of like a, like a dry spell of things. And I think if you like put Batista in there to kind of shake shit up for a little bit, cause you know, yeah. Blue Tista. With his edgy nose ring. Yeah. Um, oh, here's something we didn't mention. Um, are you worried that somehow... Uh, and this is from Jim. Jim uh, gave us a bunch of questions. I don't think I'm going to go through all of them. But um, yeah, here we go. Um, are you a little worried that somehow WWE will fuck up Samoa Joe having a championship? Uh, uh, he just won the United States Championship. It's his first main roster they title up him having a championship before why not do it again um i uh, i don't know i think uh i mean first of all congrats to him i'm happy that he finally got a championship in uh on the main roster uh it Do looks you know, it like makes me think of that one episode we did called uh, suit moa joe in a bag of milk <laughs> <laughs> oh god wow <laughs> um so uh, i heard it's gonna be Joe Cena mania, um, which would be fucking great. I don't think they'll fuck it up. I mean, I'm not. Am I worried? No, I'm not worried. I think uh, I think it'll be fine. I think he has been recognized as being one of their top stars now, or at least taking care of the mid card. Uh, I'm excited for Samoa Joe, and I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, Let's see. Let's see what else. Man, he's got a lot deadliest title right now oh the deadest title here's a question marianne after the universal title what is the deadest title in wwe right now i don't even know if i know how to what's the deadest title like a title that is you don't give a shit about yeah i i don't women's tag team titles i mean they just started though can we say they're dead already well bailey touched them (laughs) damn that's cold-blooded shoot week Straight up shoot week. Um, I don't. But I, it's not fair for me to answer this because I don't watch. Right. Um. Uh, the deadest title. Uh. I mean, right now it's the cruiserweight title. Honestly, because Buddy Murphy's like, well, you guys have a tournament. I'll be back in like a month. Bye. And he's I'm not go play with my pig that I own with Alexa Bliss. Yep. You just made the list. So I mean, not the pig, Alexa Bliss. Um. <laughs> But the pig, the pig's probably cute too. Um, Larry Steve. Larry Steve. 
Anyway, um, how would they fix that? I don't know. They, it's just that's the only title I can think of that's that's dead right now, just because Buddy Murphy is not on television. I don't know how they would fix that other than having him on television with the championship. Um, does Liger main event Wrestle Kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom is two days now. Does he main event on January 4th? I don't think so. I don't think he will allow them to have him be in the main event. We'll see, though. I could be wrong. Did I tell you that time I saw Jushin Thunder Liger at Denny's? You did. You did and tell it me. it freaked me out. <laughs> um, so this one I'll just I'll answer. He asks, how many matches do you think will be at WrestleMania 35? And the rumor right now is 16. That includes the pre-show. Marianne, are you ready for 16 fucking matches? I'm going to sleep through all of them because you're the only one that watches that. Fair enough um i think um oh here's a good one uh mel asks uh with the announcement of wrestlemania 36 being in tampa which i love that logo by the way i think it is just a sweet looking logo uh in your opinion what north american city that hasn't hosted a wrestlemania deserves one next um philadelphia you think philly yeah um, I feel like Philly has hosted one. Do you want me to go down all the WrestleManias? I don't know. I just feel like when I think of professional wrestling, I always zoom back to Philly somehow. Okay. Because so many of the promotions and the wrestlers that I enjoy came from Philly or Pennsylvania in general. I'm trying to look it up. Um, man, why doesn't it just dates and venues? Boop. There we go. Uh, yeah, they had WrestleMania who in 1999 was there. So they haven't had one since 1999. So, I mean, that's a pretty lengthy um, lengthy thing right there. Oh, and what was the other? Didn't he say somebody? Oh, and Calvin, to he tags off that and says, what foreign country and city would you like to see host WrestleMania? Oh, London. I think London would be absolutely great. I think that would London be London or of fun. Canada. Yeah, I don't think Canada has hosted one. Nope, Canada. Oh, my goodness. They hosted the fucking Skydome one. Then Never mind. They hosted uh, the one in 2002. My bad. And I'm sure I think they've hosted. Yeah, they hosted. Oh, you know, and I think they hosted uh, Hogan. Hogan Warrior. Yes. So Canada has. I think England would be great. I think that would be great. London would be great for sure. Um. A city in North America that hasn't hosted one. Hmm. I mean, have they hit up Minnesota yet? Oh my god, Minnesota. They, well, Minnesota has the new uh, has the new the new stadium. They have a new stadium there. Yeah, Minnesota. There you go. Yeah, but then you don't. Well, never mind. Nothing can be as bad as Levi Stadium. Oof. I mean, true. I guess. So bad. Yeah, we'll probably never get another WrestleMania. I feel like we need to apologize. Um, <laughs> so bad. Um, I don't know. Like, I need to think of where thing where it would be like a, a, a state or a city. Because when I think of like wrestling hubs of places where it's like you really want to go for that, I obviously think Los Angeles, Austin, and Philadelphia. Right. And like Boston, I guess those are like the places they think of, other than like Florida. Yeah. I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota should definitely get one. Either at Target Field, I think would be cool. That is the um, that is the um, oh man, it's the Twin Stadium. 
Yeah, they've never been to Minneapolis. Have they been to Ohio? Um, I don't think so. No, they have not. I feel like a lot of wrestlers come from Ohio. Yeah, very true. I think either one of those. A lot of wrestlers, I mean Johnny Gargano Mm -hmm. and Dean Ambrose. (laughs) And The Miz. Oh, and Miz. All hail. All hail. Um, Okay, I think that's going to do it for us this week. I think that was a pretty good round of questioning. Yeah, it was. Uh, So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search Tornado Tag Radio. You can... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You can... My computer fell asleep and I was lying down and I was... Never mind. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at... Sailor Moon Salt, and you can follow the lovely John on Twitter at JP Thrice. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify now, and still SoundCloud because it's still a thing. Yes. Just search for Tornado Tag Radio, rate and review us as well. Let us know how we're doing. Do not give me constructive criticism because I will not take it. Uh, head on over to <laughs> notlg.spreadshirt.com, buy one of our Tornado Tag Radio shirts. Uh, Patreon.com slash notlg. Uh, support us and all the other podcasts that are a part of the Night of the Living Geek Network. We would appreciate that. Uh, so join us again next week for episode 196. Goodness gracious, we're so close, but there's only one thing left to do. So Marianne, if you will... You say that like we're going to die before we raise 200. I didn't say that. You were like, whoa, we're so close. Like, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. Is something you have to tell me? Are you breaking, John, are you breaking up with me? No, but also I'll read all of my wrestling articles over at thathashtagshow.com. And Marianne, there's only one thing left to do, so if you will. Ring the bell. But really, are you breaking up with me? No, we're fine. <laughs> this has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit notlg.com.